to start off by asking a question. Um, how are you doing today? How are you doing? And I'm going to say a few different words um, that might describe how you might be feeling, how you might be doing. And I wanted to take kind of a step back from everything that might be going on in your life and just give you an opportunity to breathe this morning. And so if you are online and you want to just say that's me, yes, or you can type a word like, hey, this is how I'm doing, maybe a sentence. Um, if you're in person and you want to just shake your head yes uh, when I say different words, if that is you, or if you um, feel more comfortable just uh, sitting there, that's okay too. But how are you doing today? Maybe you're feeling discouraged, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, fearful, exhausted, tired, tired of being tired, tired of um, ignorant and arrogant things that are said and done, unsure of the future, um, thinking, here we go again. Maybe you're feeling joyful. Maybe season of life you're in is great. Uh, maybe your job's going well, your family's doing well. Maybe you're loving life. Maybe you're nervous because of finances. Maybe you are unsure of the times that we're in and decisions that are going to be made by different governing officials or different schools or sports teams. Maybe you're weary. How are you doing today? And I wanted to step back and ask that question because Brad and myself, we were talking this last week. And we were walking through, uh, we just got to be honest, um, this, the staff and the pastors here, a lot of us are struggling. Emotionally, um, we're discouraged, we're exhausted. Uh, and I remember saying to Brad this week, I said, I feel like we just can't even really admit that because everyone else is feeling that and ten times worse, and then they come to us, and they're like looking for hope for an hour or throughout the week. But honestly, I'm just exhausted being exhausted, and I'm exhausted trying to put on a front. But like, this is a tough time. Like, the times that we're in is just exhausting, and it's weary, and it's discouraging, and it felt like, I was talking to Brad, and I said, it felt like we had gotten to a place over the summer where, like, if that was the new normal, like, I was going to be okay with it. I'm like, okay, if this is the new normal, then I can do this. And then the Delta Strand hit hard, and it's still hitting hard, and now I'm, like, shaking the air, you know? And so I don't know how you feel today. Maybe you're in a different boat than I am. Maybe you're in a worse boat than I am. Maybe your boat's already sunk. Maybe you're like, you know, Peter in the water, like, Jesus, help me. And I'm like halfway in, halfway out. Um, I'm like riding on the fish right now. And so it just, you know, it's been a tough time. But as I was thinking this last week um, and walking through the message and whatnot, uh, yesterday then I, I saw some unofficial reports. Um, unofficial. Don't take this verbatim. I tried finding factual sources. I couldn't, um, but we know it's coming, is that the, the underground church in, in Kabul um, was completely martyred yesterday. And um, it just really puts things into perspective that we're here getting in Facebook arguments about President Biden or President Trump. <laughs> we're here worried about masks or no masks, um, and there are literally Christians who their children are having guns put to their head 
across the world asking if they love Jesus, and if they say yes, they're murdered. Like, it just really puts things into perspective. Your struggle is still important, don't get me wrong. But man, like, um, it just makes me, uh, you know, it gives me, um, I don't even know. It just really kind of leaves me sitting here like, wow, thinking. And that actually transitions us into the message today. Um, We're talking about chasing God's heart for unity. And honestly, what I wanted to share transitioning out of that is, We've got to get to a place as Christ followers where we recognize that we're on the same team. Like, we might disagree with the person to our left and to our right, pun intended. But at the end of the day, we are on the same team. In our exhaustion, in our depression, in our anxiety, in our discouragement, we're not fighting against one another. And we're on the same team as the people who are literally being martyred across the world. We can't make their sacrifice be, for vain, be in vain. Like the amount of time that we're spending arguing on Facebook and there are literally pe- people being murdered for their faith and we're more interested in being right in a status is heartbreaking. And so what I wanted to talk about today is this idea that honestly we as the Western church and Western Christianity should be ashamed of our disunity. We should be ashamed of it. I've played a role in it. You've all played a role in it. And it really just, again, when you see reports like yesterday, or you see things throughout the world where uh, the underground in church in China is being persecuted, and in uh, different parts of Africa, in the Middle East, and all over um, different areas in, in Asia and whatnot. And it just really puts things into perspective that we are allowed to meet here freely, in person, online. And at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. What does it look like for us to chase God's heart for unity. Not uniformity. Uniformity meaning you all look the same, you all act the same, you all do the same, you all believe the same. Not uniformity. The kingdom of God is made up of all different nations and all different people who on earth thought differently, felt differently, looked differently, believed in different ways and had different opinions about things. And God says, hey, you loved me and you loved people. Let's love one another. And so we're not trying to build a kingdom of uniformity. We're trying to build a kingdom of unity that harmonizes one another. Because you can't do what I do, and I can't do what you do. But at the end of the day, what does it look like for us to come together as one? And that's the title of the message today. May we be one. May we be one. And so we're going to be walking through John chapter 17 today. Um, And so if you want to turn with me there, um, what we're actually going to be doing, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I've said that twice now, but this time it actually is a little bit different, okay? What we're going to be doing is we are going to be walking through Jesus' final, um, kind of final, not necessarily command, it's a prayer, but final things that he says to his entire group of disciples. It's right before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And he gathers his disciples around during the Last Supper, and he says these few things. It's the final thing he wants to leave his team with. It's the final thing that he wants them to hear. And it's a prayer. He's actually praying over his disciples, and then for the entire church. 
And so what I wanted to do, if you feel comfortable, whether you're here in person or online, what I wanted to do is, is I'm going to read this prayer from Jesus. And I want you to imagine that Jesus is actually here today praying this prayer over us as well. And if you feel comfortable, I want to ask you to close your eyes and even open your hands like this. like you're receive- And I, I really want you to think about receiving this prayer from Jesus. So may we be one. This is what This is what Jesus says to his disciples. We're going to pick up chapter 17, verse 6. Jesus is praying this over you. Here he goes. I have revealed you to those whom you have gave me out of the world. They were yours, God. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words. You gave them, and they accepted me. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. But they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. And then I want you to open your eyes because then what Jesus does is he now prays for the entire church. Right then was just the disciples. Now he prays for the entire church. And so I actually want you to look around for a second. Okay? I want you to look around. You see the people are here. You see the empty seats. There's people online. Okay? But then this is also the church down the road. This is Pathway. This is Life Bridge. This is City Church. This is all of the other denominations. This is all across the world, even the churches that are being martyred right now. And this is what Jesus' prayer is for them. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, through your message, through the message we are literally carrying as the hands and feet of Jesus, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. To complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, and them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, 
and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. Jesus has this prayer. It's his final thing that he shares with them before he gathers them, goes to the garden to pray before he is then murdered. And he asks this prayer. It's a prayer of unity for his church, for his disciples. And he says, may they be one. That phrase in Greek, may they be, is aimi. And it literally means to exist. So he's praying that we would exist to be one, to be unified, to be one body, one church that strives for the glory in the kingdom. It doesn't mean you think the same. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect in every aspect. But it means that in our differences, as one church, even in the verse uh, where he's praying, he's saying, they would know that you're my disciples based on this, which is a similar verse to, hey, by your love, they will know you're my disciples. So it's not just love, but it's also by our unity. And church, we've got to be honest here. We are so dysfunctional. The church is not unified right now. We were talking this last week as a staff how easy it could be for us to even split our own church if we made one decision one way or the next. Like that's how different of views that we have here. And what's cool about that is we've all come together to serve the same God. And even in our differences. But we've got to understand the person to your left and right doesn't necessarily think the same as you. <laughs> they may be wrong and you may be wrong. But we're serving one God. May we be one. And as I was processing this message today, it actually was interesting to me that John chose to write um, this prayer out for his disciples um, and for the people he's doing ministry with. See, John, written later than um, some of the other gospels and whatnot, 30, 40, 50 years after the death of Jesus, and he writes down this prayer. The other Gospels don't have the may we be one prayer. And I think it's interesting that he chose to include it in his Gospel. And I think in part he chose to include it because the honeymoon phase of the church being launched in Acts had gone past. That everybody loving meeting and having a grand time and all that fun stuff, it kind of died down a little bit. And the Corinthians decided to start having sex with everybody. That's honestly what happened. Okay? That's what happened to the church. And so the honeymoon phase was over. All right? And so John realizes, hey, we got to get back to the core message, to the root of all of this. We got to get back to unity. And friends, I don't think there is a more timely message for our church than this one today. And here's why. Because the devil thrives when the church isn't unified. The devil thrives when the church isn't unified. Or another way of thinking about this, the devil survives when the church seeks to divide. When we seek to draw different lines, 
When we choose to say, hey, you're in, you're out, you're welcome at the table, you're not welcome at the table, you're a sinner, you're not a sinner, all of these different things, it doesn't mean not, it does not mean don't stand true to your convictions and stand strong in your faith, but when we start drawing those different lines that Jesus didn't draw and looking for a uniform church and we seek to divide, when that is our goal, rather than seek to life change, then the devil survives. The church will die if we continue living this way. And actually, this is what's happening in Western Christianity. We've been on a steady decline. Church attendance for the first time since the Great Depression, for the first time in 80 years, is under 50% for church attendance. First time. The church is steadily on a decline. And it has been for years. COVID sparked that, but what we've got to realize is we weren't unified before COVID. A lot of us have been saying like, man, if we could just go back to before COVID, but it's not like we were unified before COVID. It's literally everything. It's something new each time. It's, it's something Brad's been saying. He's like, if we just get through this week, then we, you know, we'll be able to, you know, do better. And I'm like, yeah, but then we've got S'mores Fest, and then we've got Trunk or Treat, and then we've got Christmas service, and then we start over in the new year, all that fun stuff. It's literally always something. And so if we keep saying, if we could just go back to where we were before, no, no, no. The, the gospel's not about moving backwards. If you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's a continuous story. And it comes full circle, comes full circle where, where eventually we come to a place where our worship is all that we do. But until then, we've got to unify. We've got to stop being divided, like, like seriously divided based on our political differences. It, it, it's tearing us apart. Facebook is tearing us apart. Instagram is tearing us apart. And you might be like, well, yeah, but it's the current president. And the other people will say, well, yeah, it's the previous president. Like, you might like this president. You might have liked the last president. You might have hated both presidents. Like, at the end of the day, like, we got to stop putting our blame of our, our unity blame on other people and just come together as the church. Like, Jesus was not praying for the world. He says that. He says, I'm not praying for the world. I'm not praying for Caesar. I'm not praying for the division that Caesar's causing. I'm praying for the church that we would be one. That we would chase God's heart for unity. That we would exist for one. Like this is such a timely message. I'm exhausted. I know you're exhausted, but like I said at the beginning, we're all on the same team. Your brothers and sisters to your left and right are not your enemy. May we be one. Paul writes um, in Colossians in chapter 3, which we're going to read, kind of carries on, okay, so what do you do with that? So we're supposed to be unified. That's, that's Jesus' prayer for us, to call us to be one. So how do we do that? Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12 is not going to be on the screen because I added it this morning. But um, verse 13 through 15, I believe, is on the screen. I'm honestly not sure what I sent Bruce, so we'll find out. Okay, Verse 12, this is what Paul writes. Therefore, as God's chosen people, 
holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13 on the screen. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Paul says, Paul says to clothe yourselves as holy and dearly loved people, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. How do you stay unified in the midst of chaotic times? By doing exactly that. Where you, when you get dressed every single morning, you get on your knees and you put on your spiritual dressing. Is that good stuff at Thanksgiving? Man, there's just puns left and right. I'm killing it today. Woo! Uh, Nicole Wiley for the win. I got one fan. And so you're literally clothing yourself every single day with these things. That's how you stay unified. But then he also says this. He says, but then you've got to bear with one another. And you know what I, you, you know what he's talking about. Like, you know those people that they just say stupid things. Like, you get it. You're sometimes those people too. And I'm some, I'm, I'm that person often. My wife is, is here somewhere I can't see. Um, and she's like, she prays for me daily for that. Okay, I've said some stuff. I was talking about Corinthian sex up here. Like, let's go. Like, I say some stupid things, okay? And Paul says you've got to bear with one another, and then he goes on to say, and then be patient. And you know exactly the type of people I'm talking about. But we're also those kind of people. And Paul, in a different letter, Romans uh, chapter 12, when he's writing to the church in Rome, Verse 18, this isn't on the screen, but this is one of my favorite verses of the day. It says this, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, and then he adds, if at all possible, which means sometimes you can do everything in your power and it still is impossible. He says, as far as it depends on you, if at all possible, live at peace with everyone. So there's sometimes that you can do your best. You can decide not to comment back on that Facebook status. You can decide not to cut that person off in the roundabout. You can decide not to do all of these different things and to cuss people out and all whatnot. And there still might be peace that is shattered. But Paul says, once again, we're not worried about the political leaders. Okay, right now, we're talking about the church. If at all possible for you, live at peace with one another. Chase God's heart for unity. Church, I want to end with this question today. How can you, how can we, we're talking about unity, how can we chase God's heart for unity? This is such a timely message. It was, it was for me because I was just getting discouraged. Like I said, I was getting discouraged. I was getting overwhelmed. I was growing weary with all of the things going on outside the world. And then it just really brought my attention back to this one point. God says, be one. Be unified. We're all on the same team here. And so it got me thinking, how can we do that as a church? How can we do that as a church? And that's the question I really want you to be thinking about really moving forward. I don't want to just say today or this week. Like, I want that 
the may we be one message to be on your heart. For John chapter 17, write a note of it. Make this your prayer moving forward. Like God, like wake up when you're clothing yourselves. God, how can I be one, how can I be one today? Be unified. We're talking about the church here, okay? We're talking about the world. Again, you're not going to be able to control what the world does. You're not going to be able to control outside decisions and outside mandates and all of the things going on in the world, what the president says, what the president does, you're not going to be able to control that. It doesn't mean don't have an opinion about it. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, even in those opinions you disagree with, with everyone, do everything you can to live at peace with them. Church, I truly believe that if we get this right in this time, just like Jesus said thousands of years ago, they would know Jesus' love by our unity. So clothe yourselves with compassion, bear one another and forgive one another, and above all else, put on love. Will you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, God, I pray over this message so much, Lord. I pray for us to have compassion, for us to have patience, for us to live and love in unity for us to serve so boldly, for us to give so sacrificially, for us to ignore with holistic patience the people that frustrate us, for us to not make the sacrifices of those who are being martyred be wasted, for us to carry on the mission of their lost lives, for us to love so dearly, so deeply that we would be one and that the world would know that we are one. That they would see and say, hey, there's something different about them. And I want that. I pray, God, for this, this um, I pray this message of unity over every single soul here. That we would stop being bamboozled by the devil. Stop letting him thrive in these chaotic times and start fighting back with unity, with love, with compassion, and with bearing and forgiving one another.